Welcome to Maestros On Air, presented by the Space Coast Symphony Orchestra. Maestros On Air is a discussion of culture, news events, and life on the Space Coast, and highlights the music, concerts, and personalities of the Space Coast Symphony Orchestra. On the show, you'll hear from President of the Symphony Board, Eric Lee, SCSO Director of Communications, Bill Trudeau, and me, Jeremy Hickman. Sometimes we're even joined in the studio by the maestro himself, Aaron Collins. We're glad you're listening, so let's get going and find out what happens on this episode of Maestros on Air. Top of the morning, Eric. Ah, top of the morning to you, Jeremy. I look down at the end of the table, and uh, there is an empty chair. Bill Trudeau is not here, so we wish him a good top of the morning wherever he happens to be. Yeah, he's been having you know some this toothache problem, so hopefully he'll be able to straighten out. He's not sleeping; it's it's not good. So uh, if you're out there listening in uh, you know internet radio land, <laughs> wish Bill well. It's kind of like internet radio, sort of. <laughs> He's not going to be like that old Yogi Berra quote where they said, uh, I went to the doctor and had my head examined. He didn't find anything. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of like doctor jokes, you know. I, I'm, I'm probably getting that a little bit off, but uh, so. No, we wish we wish Bill well. Uh, we're just going to have a, a Jeremy and Eric show today. Bill should be back with us next time. Uh, we'll talk to you about who we're going to have on the show next time. But last time when we had this program, we talked about various changes going on in the symphony. And we talked about one change in particular, which is uh, Dr. Hennessy is spending more time at Stetson University and has had to step down as conductor of the Space Coast Symphony Jazz Orchestra. Our new director is Frank Wozar, a face and a sound you would have seen and heard uh, playing in multiple concerts over the last couple of years. He is now taking over as the conductor of the Jazz Orchestra. And on the show today, in just a minute, uh, we will have an interview with Frank Wozar. Yeah, I think that you're really going to enjoy the interview. It kind of took a couple of turns that I wasn't expecting. I think that it's really interesting something that I think you're all going to enjoy and kind of gives you a little bit of insight into, you know, the music world, you know, that you wouldn't normally uh, think of. Yeah. And without Bill Trudeau here to help propel along our witty banter, we have nothing left to do except go right to the interview. Yeah, that's pretty much it. (laughs) (laughs) Here's Frank Wozar. Frank Wozar, welcome to Maestros On Air. This is your first time being on the show. Yes, yes it is. Uh, well, we'll talk about uh, changes. Uh, in fact, uh, as we were talking about earlier, uh, the podcast has been going for about four years, and we took uh, about a year off. Shame on us, but we're back in with the the, the most recent season. Uh, our first episode was last week. Uh, we're doing uh, the second episode here with you. Uh, last week, what we talked about were changes that uh, have taken place in the symphony, and you actually figure well into uh, one of those changes, uh, which is that uh, Dr. Pat Hennessy, who's been on the program a couple of times over the last few years, was uh, previously the director of the Space Coast Symphony Jazz Orchestra, 
Mm-hmm. We'd mentioned last time uh, that his work at Stetson has really uh, taken a lot more of his time, and so he's stepped aside, still involved with the the jazz orchestra, but has actually asked if you could step in and be director of jazz orchestra. So uh, although you actually have directed the last couple of jazz shows, this next concert will be the first one when you are officially named the director of the jazz orchestra. Um, yeah, and this is something that I've been really looking forward to. Um, with Dr. Hennessy, uh, when I first started, actually, a couple of years ago, um, learned my name through a, a brilliant musician, a jazz musician in, in Central Florida area named Danny Jordan, saxophonist. And uh, I came over, and I believe the first show I did was in, uh, oh, I think it was 14, so about four years ago. And it was, we were doing the, the Duke Ellington's Nutcracker Suite. And I got to play lead trombone along with some other brilliant musicians from Central Florida. So that was my first encounter with uh, with Patrick. And um, since then, we've had a you know a, a nice relationship, um, knowing similar people and similar arrangers, uh, Tom Coovers, for example, and, and some other uh, some other brilliant names. But it's been good knowing him. And uh, he asked me a couple of times to conduct and lead the uh, jazz orchestra. Um, and as of recent, yes, the, uh, the last two times I have been running it um, solely on my own and uh, contacting you know, the musicians that I wanted to do. So it's, it's, been, it's been a good uh, move, and I'm looking forward to actually acknowledging and uh, being able to acknowledge it uh, socially and, and uh, professionally as well, uh, but the fact that I'm going to be taking over the Jazz Orchestra um, starting, I guess, this, this October. Yeah, and I mean, it's been great, the concerts you've done. I remember the first one, I think it was like a year ago, like last October, you are playing, and I didn't realize that you sang before. I I remember you sang a couple <laughs> of songs. I mean, it was great, you know? And you had the audience yeah. like in the palm of your hand, you know? It was just really, it was just really great. Yeah. That was really a nice surprise for me, you know, the singing. Oh, well, well, thank you, know? you. You know, and that, that's one of the things that I'm, and I'm, 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 I need to, I digress a little bit because I, I should tell a little bit of history about how I started getting into music. But so, um, I went to the University of Miami, and one of the things that all my professors there taught me, especially being a trombone player, because you are the last guy to get hired on the band, <laughs> to be quite honest with you, in, in the commercial world, is that you got to be able to be versatile. So um, I played pretty decent piano. And uh, and I learned to sing and front the band uh, in in that that perspective of the the fact that the more irons I have in the fire, the more chances I'll get you know hired for a gig. Yeah, I think that's really important, you know, for people in the music world to not limit themselves. You know, you get need to have like a broad um, background. I have a friend up in Chicago who's been on the show, Kevin Klein. He's a really great trombone player, but <clears> he started playing piano you know, a few years ago, and now he gets more gigs playing piano. Exactly. Then he plays exactly. trombone, and then he sings, too. He does, like, a, like a piano bar type. You know, he'll be, like, playing p- piano, and then he'll sing, and, you know, that kind of thing, you know, solo piano. And he's doing more work on that than, you know, trombone. And he's a great, you know, trombone player. So, you know, I think yeah. that's really good advice for any of our listeners that are thinking about, you know, the music field, you don't want to limit yourself. You want to keep a broad thing, especially, well, you went, your focus was more in jazz probably, right? In the University Correct. of Miami. Yeah. yeah. But like in the classical world, you really, you're kind of taught to just, you know, focus and specialize. But when you get in the real world, there's, you know, there's no work, you know, you got to really make your own work. Well, and that, that is absolutely true. And, and one of the things, I mean, I, uh, I don't. I, I teach 
Um, I'm a, a professor over at Valencia College, the East Campus here in, in Orlando. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I do try and, and tell my students is, yes, you need to have, you need to be able to focus on your your, your discipline. So if uh, if you're going to be a jazz musician, like definitely like jazz piano, uh, you need to know the theory about it because it's a lot different than classical theory. Right. And uh, and just but but don't try and I I I I, I speak this. I reiterate: do not try and play every instrument out there uh, and focus on the one and then uh, something that's going to help you become a better musician, even in the classical idiom, uh, a piano. Uh, voice, things of that nature, right. uh, stringed instrument as well, like upright bass or double bass for you if you want, um, uh, things like that, because it, it will it will help you out in what it is that you're trying to endeavor to do. Yeah, I think that's really excellent advice. And sometimes when you learn the other instrument, it helps your primary instrument. I have a trombone student, you know, she's a high school student, and she started playing electric bass, and then all of a sudden her trombone playing really improved. Absolutely. I, I don't know. Yeah. You know, it's like you know, some there was some switch in the brain that you know switched on, and then she just you know became a much better trombone player. So I think, like you said, that's really excellent advice for people. And I think sometimes it gets lost in the educational system. It certainly does. And then you have a lot of friends that you go to school with, and they're playing something. So you're like, oh, I want to do that, and then you kind of do you lose your focus. Um, and you see it a lot more, especially with the, the millennials. Uh, I'm speaking of the, the, the people who were born from 1982 until the 2000s. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, their, their train of thought is kind of gone for the most part. So you kind of have to reel them in and say, hey, no, 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 focus on this. You need to do right. this. So I'm hearing a, an ironical thought there of a focused diversity in your playing I think background that's a, in terms I think that's of <laughs> styles and instruments. Yeah. So be diverse, but not, but make sure you focus. Right. I think that's it. Well, along those lines, let me let me ask you this too, uh, because uh, the people who are involved in the Space Coast Symphony are always professional musicians, but not always are they full time musicians. And even when they are full time in the musical industry, they typically have more than one job or position or type of work even that uh, keeps them busy. So I'd like to ask you two real questions. Uh, the, the second is going to be, what is it that you do right now? You already hinted at the fact that you are uh, an instructor at Valencia, but I'd like you to talk about the diversity of the types of projects you work on. I recall a few years ago when you did come to uh, that first uh, uh concert that Dr. Hennessy was uh, conducting and he introduced you and I was exceedingly impressed by your background, uh, both uh, what you've done in the past and what you're doing today. So you you talked about how you came up, but can you spend a moment and talk about the path of how you got to this place, the different uh, projects that you've been involved in and the types of projects that keep you busy today? Absolutely. Um, yeah, that, that's a it's a it's a very big question, and um, it kind of brings it, it has we, to bring. We can it break it up into a few sub <laughs> sub questions if you like. Sure. No, no, no. <laughs> Jeremy's it, it's known totally, for the big question. <laughs> I, I believe I believe Dr. Hennessy. What um, he introduced me as the lead trombone player for the Tommy Dorsey Orchestra, um, and that and that is still currently true. Um, there are very few big bands that are still out there now. When I say the Tommy Dorsey Orchestra, I mean literally like. It's the one and only Tommy Dorsey Orchestra that Tommy Dorsey led 
um, for the, the, the 15 years that he led. And then uh, we had a couple other people that took over when Tommy died, but the main person that, that led after that was a man named Buddy Morrow, who led the band longer than Tommy did. So we still have the same exact music. It's the music that, that, that Tex Benedict read when he was in the band. It's the music that Gene Krupa read and Frank Sinatra read. So um, the, 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 the bands that I'm speaking of, uh, I'll just as a... As a so before you go on, just let me ask you about that, because I had heard that before, and that was one of the things that was was quite impressive. But my question is, are they now based in Orlando? Because they didn't they started out in the Northeast, right? Sure, sure. Yes. Um, the, the So there are a couple of people who own the Tommy Dorsey name. Um, one of them, her name is Carol Moe, who is the, the widow of, of, uh, of Buddy. And uh, she lives in um, Maitland, Florida. So she owns it, and there's a, I believe there's a lawyer somewhere in St. Pete that owns actual the, the Tommy Dorsey name, like you know, the, the family of Tommy Dorsey. So, uh, and it's the same thing with the Glenn Miller Band. Uh, the the world-famous Glenn Miller Orchestra is owned by um, a couple of people that are in Florida. So, yeah, ironically enough, uh, it is Florida Natives that, that own these bands. But they're really one of the only last touring bands that are out there uh, from the big band era. This, the Count Basie Orchestra is still doing some things here and there, the Duke Ellington Orchestra, but um, the, 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 the Glenn Miller Band is out actually 50, they're pretty much out like 48 weeks a year wow. touring still, the A band is. So um, that's one of the things that Patrick introduced me as doing, um, as, as being the lead trombone player, but um, as I said earlier, I, I did go to school at University of Miami, which is uh, one of the top jazz schools in the country. I don't mean to to, to, you know, to, to give them a little prop there, but uh, going to school there um, really, and, and and this this goes out to anybody who is listening that does want to be a professional musician. The school that you go to really, really is going to help you become who you are going to be. So if you wanted to be a a brilliant classical player, I mean there there are tons and Northeast, uh, tons of different universities that you can go to for that. But you need to. Northwestern, you know, you need to figure out where you want to go. So my school, I wanted to be a jazzist. So it's either you go up to New York, you go to Manhattan School of Music, uh, you go to North Texas, um, you can go to Northridge, which is in, in uh, California, University of Miami. So I went, I, since I lived in Florida and I wanted to go to school down there, I went to UM. And through my instructors, I got to play with brilliant musicians, Paul Anker, uh, Supremes. I've played with Beyonce. I've played with all these top names because of my instructors, you know, my trauma professor saying, this guy is the guy you need for your gig. And I toured the world. I've gone to probably over 78% of the world with different working, you know, bands, famous popular bands, you know, uh, a lot of salsa bands, a lot of hoops from bands. So, I got hooked up <clears throat> with Tommy Dorsey when I moved up to Orlando. Um, and I went to the University of Central Florida and did my master's degree. Mm -hmm. And when I was here is when I met Terry Myers, who is the, he was a tenor saxophonist, the lead tenor saxophonist for the concert that we did last, uh, I believe it was August or July. And uh, he is the current leader of the Tommy Dorsey Orchestra. Okay. So he contacted me and said, hey, we heard that you would be great to play all the lead stuff, all the solo stuff, all the Tommy Dorsey solos. And I've been doing it for, uh, geez, it's been about 
seven years now. Wow. Wow, that's really yeah. impressive. Well, before we move on to the next topic, a uh, question. Do you have any good music with that group you played on we might want to insert into the show now? Yeah, actually, I do have some music that uh, we, we just recently, the Tommy Dozier Orchestra, did a concert at, um, it's called the Blue Bamboo Center for the Arts. It's right here in, uh, um, right in downtown area of Orlando, Florida. And I have some uh, some video clips that I could send you guys of uh, us playing some of the music that we, uh, the normal repertoire from the, the book of Tommy Dorsey. <laughs>
Wagon Wheels, a piece from the Tommy Dorsey Orchestra, performed recently in Orlando and featuring our guest on the show today, Frank Wozar. So, all right, that was great. What's some other um, projects that you're involved in besides Tommy um, Dorsey? Yeah. Well, the, uh, and you guys did ask me a question. Yes, there are a lot of musicians that have, um, so there's a bad name for it, and I'll just throw it out there. We call them weekend warriors. There are a lot of musicians who have day jobs and and they and they have and they play the music you know on, on the weekends and stuff of that nature. Um, but even even uh, for example, I I'm, I get a majority of my income from holding that trombone and playing. Just to be clear, when you're talking about weekend warriors, you don't mean somebody who might be you know a, a local band conductor at a high school who is involved in music and then also plays in a symphony or a jazz group on the weekend you mean somebody who's an accountant by day and uh, plays drums on the weekends right someone who's a doctor or lawyer or has a regular job and then plays and different jobs you know and and, and, is, and works as a musician and that's that is you know again as I'm saying, like I, I do the same thing. I, I have a full, I'm not a full, I have a, I'm an adjunct professor at a couple of different places. Um, and but even in my time, I've, I've worked construction. Um, I've, I've driven a forklift. Um, I've done all, all kinds of different uh, jobs. Worked at, uh, I've worked at McDonald's uh, to in order to support myself to where I can still be able to play my horn. Now that that doesn't hold true today. I, I do have a. Uh, I went. This is why I went to school to get my master's degree in order so that I can still teach in the idiom that I want to teach in. So currently, I, I teach over in Valencia College East Campus. And I do the big band that's there, the jazz big man, and I have uh, five different uh, trombone students who are all aspiring to be the next great jazz trombonist. And, um, yeah, I, I used to work out at Southeastern University, which is in Lakeland, Florida. Mm-hmm. But that, that drive became a little, uh, it became a little daunting at, uh, 6 a.m. in the morning. So I, I, uh, I gave it up. And, uh, there's another, uh, time owner over there teaching that gig. Uh, but where I'm going with this is that there is probably not a lot of professional musicians out there that do not have another job for supplemental income in order to support their music. Um, another project that I am involved in, uh, my partner, uh, is in Sosa Photos. He's a trumpet player and we, uh, co-own a, uh, entertainment company, but the band's name is the Brown Bag Brass Band. And I just, uh, seen some, uh, some things on Facebook. Eric, you may have seen some, uh, actually, Eric, you saw us perform. I, I, yeah, I've seen you guys a bunch of times. And the first time I, I didn't even realize, I just, you know, saw the name Brass, you know, and then I, you mm-hmm. were there and I was like, I mean, it's really probably one of the best bands in Orlando. I mean, it's just like, I mean, just like really like high energy and just entertaining and, you know, I appreciate I mean, it's just, it. Thank you. it's just great. I mean, I, I love like, you know, hearing you guys, I think it's a, I mean, I'm hoping, no, this will be like after the show airs, but I, you've got a show this weekend at, um, Imperial. So I'm hoping to go to that. So, yeah, we, we've, um, it, you know, it's, it started off and again, I got into the band about a year after it kind of started working. And the main concept behind the group is it's traditional New Orleans music, but also, um, the authentic brass band music of New Orleans. So is this, is this like so, in the style of preservation hall jazz band? Uh, kind, yes, but also like rebirth brass, like real just raunchy tuba, blasting, you know. Not, not raunchy blasting. tuba, I love it. 
It's yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, it's real high energy. This is a high energy band. Well, I, I was in New Orleans a couple of months ago, and I I, I saw Tremaine play it. And that, that, when you say raunchy tuba, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> right. And but so what, what I kind of came into play is I came in with. I mean, I've I've won so many different bands, club date bands as I, as we call them, uh, but like conventions, weddings. Um, so what I I kind of came in and I I changed the focus a little bit so that we could also do uh, nice restaurants. Um, so I, I'm like, hey, let's play, uh, let's play Getting Sentimental Over You. Let's play a, a different tune. It's not, we don't have to do every song. It doesn't have to be in your face, loud, blasting. So we we have um, kind of morphed this band into a, a really marketable hits group. And we, uh, as of late, have been fun. We get a lot of calls for second lines for weddings. So like we'll march the bride and groom around and, and you know, um, and bring them up to the the cocktail hour uh, we get a lot of calls we just recently did the uh, Microsoft convention that was here uh, last weekend that's cool. so we we played for their big party at the end um, so we've been getting a lot of calls to do that we were regulars at Tibby's uh, which is a New Orleans um, uh, cuisine restaurant here in Orlando um, you've you know, Eric you saw us play at a that, at a uh, uh, Irish pub. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. That that was so uh, it was so cool. You, you know, you've got this New Orleans brass band, but then it's in an Irish pub. That was kind in of a, yeah. in a in a Florida city. In a Florida city, you know. <laughs> One of the things that I do enjoy is we we play some uh, local pubs, and it's nice to see young you know people come out and they're like, oh, that's cool. Like that that even though it's it's jazz, it's it's you know instruments that they probably don't even know what they are. It's like, what is that thing? But they enjoy it because it is high energy, and it, it does make you kind of want to move around. So we've been successful with that, even though it's not. We're not playing, you know, the the, the, the top forty music of of today. We're playing music that I mean, the meters were back in the seventies, you know, with fire on the bayou and and fifty uh, strut and stuff like that. And this is this is the stuff that we're playing, and people are enjoying it. And we're playing jazz solos over top of this, which is even it, that's the irony is. The, the 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 people that are coming up, the the patrons of some of these bars, probably don't even know what a trombone is, but they like it, and that's 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 kind of a unique thing to be able to disseminate knowledge to people who don't even know what's going on. Right, and you're doing music that probably a typical New Orleans brass band wouldn't do. I mean, you're doing like Chameleon, you know, which is like you know yeah, so yeah, cool, we'll you know, it's great. Actually, the gig in Stewart on October the thirteenth. Um, it's a Stewart brewery over there and it's kind of a festival. So we're, we're headlining that. And, um, one of the other ones that we're headlining that I, um, is going to be the college park jazz fest on November the 3rd Ooh, okay. from 930 to 11 PM. Yeah. We're, we're playing there. Okay. So, um, yeah, we got And actually we play out the villages. We've got about three to four different operating bands, all, you know, we've, we have different leaders that lead the band, so you may not particular you may not see me at a particular event, but it is the Brown Bag Brass Band. No, you should definitely, if you can, check them out sometime. Really yeah, good. this uh, yeah, I, I I didn't realize this part of your repertoire, but I'm very interested in the kind of music you're describing. So I'm gonna have to look you up. Maybe I'll drive down to Stewart. Yeah, drive down, check it. I mean, we're all over YouTube and stuff like that. Uh, but definitely, it's always great to hear a live band playing. You know, if I could, uh, as a non sequitur, um, to um, come over to speak about the the upcoming uh, um, concert that we have with the Space Coast Jazz Orchestra coming up in October, October 20 and 21. Um, I'd like to, to, to talk a little bit about that. 
the show, uh, if that's okay. Well, well as, it, as it turns out, I was waiting for you to pause so I can uh, change the topic to that. So uh, we must have been thinking on the same wavelength here. So, yeah, please. I would like for you to talk about what your plans are for this particular concert. But then I'd yep. also like you to talk about how you see moving forward in your new role with the symphony, with the jazz orchestra. Yes, and yes. if you can talk about if you had thoughts of any future types of productions you'd like to put on. Absolutely. Um, all, all, yes, to all of those. Um, the, the upcoming concert. We, we, we can, again, we can attach it in uh, subparts of A through N. It's the big question. <laughs> Yeah, no, 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 that's that's <laughs> that is fine. I, I'm 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 good with the question. Um, the upcoming concerts as we do have with the Space Coast Symphony Jazz Orchestra coming up in October uh, in Melbourne, October twentieth uh, at seven p.m. I believe it's the uh, Scott uh, Center for the Performing Arts, and then in uh, the October twenty-first is a three p.m. show at the uh, Vero, uh, it's the Performing Arts Center for the, the Vero Beach High School, correct? And I think right, and the, those are, while we while we do play at a number of venues uh, across the couple of counties, uh, those two are what we would consider our two standard venues for most events. Yeah, and they're beautiful. They're, they're, I've played at both of those. They're, they're very, very beautiful venues and appreciated the idea of utilizing them. Um, the, the current show that's coming up, uh, the concept is, is called Jazz Jam. So uh, what I have done with this is I've actually uh, jazz jam to me is uh, if you've ever gone to one, it's basically you got a house band, so piano, bass, drums, and then you have maybe uh, uh, an instrumentalist, so you have like a saxophonist or a trumpet player or whatever that's that's there with the house band, and then you have guys that come and sit in, so that want to play. Hey, let's play uh, all of me in the key of you know in A minor, or whatever. What I've incorporated into this show is a, a, a number of small group songs, meaning it'll have the full rhythm sections so piano, bass, and drums, but it'll have like a four-horn section playing tunes. And then we'll alternate between that and the big band performing. And one of the things I wanted to do with that is because it is a jazz jam, so I wanted the audience to, to understand you know, the, the concept of what a jazz jam is. It's, it's really, it's combo playing, and then we'll throw in and we'll, we'll put the big pieces of meat in there with, with the big bands. And uh, some of those tunes that I, um, that some of these, uh, the, the repertoire that I've selected, um, based upon uh, the outline, which was uh, we're going to do some Gershwin. So I have a great big fan arrangement of, uh, it's called It Ain't Necessarily So. It's a, a George Gershwin tune written for Paul Game Best and uh, an arrangement by a beautiful saxophone player here in Orlando, Florida, named David McKenzie. Um, I have an arrangement that I, and a transcription that I've written out. When I was in my undergrad in my university in Miami, it's called Blue Jean Begin, which was a great Jimmy Clifford uh, trombonist and the Cat Anderson from the Duke County Kings Band. Um, and, I, and I'm going to do a couple of uh, uh, small group songs. So we're going to do, like, for example, um, some uh, some Rebirth Brass. So we spoke about this earlier with the Brown Bag Brass Band. We're going to do Do What You Wanna. Uh, I'd like to do uh, another one. The uh, It's the Louis Prima version of When You're Smiling, which is a great tune. Um, and a couple other uh, funk tunes, because, again, the, the outline for this is, is it's just it's really a big blanket of musical styles. And one of the things that I've, because my uh, um, I, I am married to a uh, professional dancer, she uh, 
he's proficient in, in ballet and contemporary and ballroom dance and, and salsa. Uh, I have, uh, the last concerts, if you guys have seen or if anybody's seen, there have been dancers at them. So this concert as well, there are going to be two dancers, two female dancers this time that have come out and it's going to be the, the accoutrement, if you will, to the song and to the band itself. One of the things that I'd like to contribute is having um, not just great music, great musicians, but also a visual aspect as well. And uh, I, whenever I go and see shows, I'm always amazed um, at you know the quality of musicianship. But when there is even, I mean, even if it's a, a vocalist that comes out that that uh, has a has a uh, her costume or his costume is, is shiny or something to look at, and with with having a, a dancers or professional dancers that come out and you just see their lines and how it's choreographed, uh, which is done by my wife, Joanne Collins, how it's choreographed to the music itself. is It's amazing. It's just, it, it, to me, that's just like the, it's like the, 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 the icing, the sprinkles on top of the cake. Yeah. In fact, I did, I, I did see the dancers at the last uh, summer concert you did. Uh, and uh, she was great, and uh, the gentleman that uh, she danced with was was interesting. I hadn't seen him before either. The, they, they were great together, but uh, it just actually makes me think of something. I, I think I might have mentioned at the beginning of this show, our last episode, uh, we talked about changes. We talked about changes in terms of uh, you now being director of the Jazz Orchestra. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's a change since you started coming around. I, I, I recall uh, an introduction to a, a girlfriend at one point, a fiance at one point now I'm hearing wife yep uh, well we were married Joanne and I were married uh, and November 26th of 2016 so yes that was that was definitely a change so it's been a couple of years but yes you're absolutely right so did you guys how'd you guys meet if I ask you that trite question was it through the music uh, uh, yes it was um, uh, she is not uh, a United States uh, a native she is from New Zealand so we we actually met um, through the Tommy Dorsey Orchestra. We did a a tour of New Zealand, the, the TDO, uh, back in 2014, um, and she was one of the dancers on the, the on, on with us on the show. I you know what I over. remember. I I now remember at one of the concerts you actually uh, you mentioned uh, that because I I I thought at the time how did he meet somebody from New Zealand? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, I uh, I run using that term, um, the lead trumpet player, uh, Matt McCarthy, he had his wife also. She was the other dancer at the show with us when we were in New Zealand. So, yeah, we we have uh, little uh, accolades, if you will. We, we named the, tour, the tours. And, yeah, so that tour was called the Love Tour. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's great. I think this brings us up to speed. I'm actually very much looking forward to this concert and I think it should be a big concert. I yeah, I I feel like we're all always uh pitching <laughs> you know selling the tickets so to speak but I think this is one of those situations where it is true we're we're likely to sell out this concert. So uh I think if anybody's interested they should look at going ahead and getting tickets. They can they can of course do that through spacecoastsymphony.org or uh, our ticket offices are located at uh, the Marine Bank locations in Vero Beach and in Melbourne. Uh, but anyway, this has been a great 
conversation. I actually learned quite a bit more about you, and I'm even more looking forward to the concert. Uh, Eric, any final questions, or Frank, any final thoughts? Well, I think it's going to be a great concert. I think that's a great idea, having the big pieces and, you know, with the combo pieces. I think it's going to be, you know, a lot of great variety. i just like to add, I remember the first time I played with Frank, he was playing lead trombone, and you know, just the energy you bring to the table, you do like what a lead trombone player is supposed to do. You know, I mean, <laughs> and you're in the section, you don't even really have to think because you're giving us like all the hits and everything, just the way you play. And I just, you know, I just love playing with you. So, I mean, it's just, oh. I'm really looking forward to this concert in a couple of weeks. Yeah. And actually, Eric, you're going to be performing with us, aren't you? I know. I'm. <laughs> it's going to be great. I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. That's That's part of his focus diversity instead of just the tuba. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, trom you know, bass trombone's a lot of fun, you know, and it's great, you know, having you, uh, you know, lead in the section, you know, it's just this, this is a lot of energy and it really makes a difference because a lot of sometimes the lead player doesn't do what he's supposed to do, but you really, you know, really make it easy. So I'm really God, looking forward I, to it. I appreciate that. Thank you, Eric. Yeah. What? So I, I guess in, in conclusion, uh, I hope to see everybody out there in October 20 and it's going to be a great show, and uh, yours truly, and, and Mr. Eric over here is going to be playing his heart off. That's right. It's going to be epic. It's going to be an epic program. Well, Frank Mozart, <laughs> uh, director of the Space Coast Symphony Jazz Orchestra, thank you very much for taking the time with us today. And as always, we'll see you at the show. All right. Thank you very much. Frank Wozar, conductor of the Space Coast Symphony Jazz Orchestra, talking about the upcoming jazz jam. That was a neat interview. I really like the interview, uh, especially like talking about the educational components. Uh, but this was an interview that you and I had uh, recorded with him over the phone just a few days ago. Uh, and I was listening to it again, and I was remembering that conversation that he was talking about. Even full-time musicians often are not full-time to a single organization, but they have multiple revenue streams. Uh, and as we were listening to the interview, it was making me think about conversation I was having you, with you just earlier this morning. I was asking you now that you have uh, retired from being a, a board member and you're emeritus, although you're still with the symphony, uh, what are you doing with all the extra time that you have on your hands? And you actually said you're busier than ever. So what, what, what have you been filling your time well, with? Well, I think I am busier than ever. I mean, we're recording this, you know, on a Sunday morning. I mean, yesterday I played, you know, seven hours. I had a three-hour rehearsal uh, with um, Central Florida Winds, which is a um, community group, so that's not a paying job. But we're doing a, a concert this afternoon with um, Isaac Mormon, Carrie Mormon's son, playing the Elgar Cell Cello Concerto, and it's really a great program. Fortunately, this show will air afterwards, but 
that's a was a really great experience. And then I played a, a German gig. I have a, a German band, the Festspiele Five. We play like Oktoberfest events throughout the area. I played at. Um, have you played at the New Beer Garden? I haven't played at the New Beer Garden. It's yet. only a matter of time. That's a that's a neat place. All right. Eventually, I'll get there. This was at World of Beer. I think this is the fifth or sixth year, uh, and that's all you know. Symphony people or people are playing with the symphony now or have uh, played with the, the symphony in the past. And um, should I get in the weeds like uh, Bill does? Sure. Hey, uh, he's not here to do it, so it's right. left to you. So this is a tease. Our um, next interviewee will uh, was at the uh, at the gig. So I got oh, to. Oh yes! Don't got to, to, don't. Got don't do the big reveal just yet. Okay, so I got to talk to him. <laughs> so that was a two-hour gig. That was a lot of fun. And then I got to play with the uh, Space Coast Big Band. That's another group uh, not affiliated with the Space Coast Symphony, led by uh, trombonist Joel Greenblatt. We did a, um event. It was a gala to raise money for mental health for the Jess Parish Foundation. That was another two-hour gig so just for example like yesterday i played for seven hours so <laughs> well you know yeah well it, it's like uh water finding its own level uh just you know you have a certain amount of time on your hand and things come along and you you fill the time up yeah uh, nature abhors a, a vacuum <laughs> i re i remember uh several years ago i had somebody who was uh, working for me uh, at a at a larger organization and the word had come down that we were going to have to you know let a couple of people go but it's kind of an open secret uh and he came to me at the the time and said look you know if you're if you're doing the list don't worry I, I'm I'm getting close to retirement age I'll go ahead and retire instead of you know instead of having to let go one of the younger folks I'll just do it he goes I'm not real happy about it but I'd rather take that sacrifice and have somebody else uh, get cut who might have a young family and so I remember I talked to him just as it was taking place you know maybe two weeks after it had taken place and uh, he's like, well, you know, I, you know, I played a couple of rounds of golf and I don't know, I'm, you know, kind of bored. I don't know what to do with myself really. And I said, well, I'll check back in with you. Uh, and then I ended up talking to him about six months later and he said, man, you know, I got up this morning and I, uh, you know, uh, weeded the flowers and I did this and I painted the garage. I said, I don't know how I ever had time for a full-time job. Yeah. I mean, you get, you know, busy doing things. You know, I mean, just with the music, I'm, you know, very busy. Plus, I have other commitments. I, you know, I run a pet sitting company and I have rental property. I have a lot to do. <laughs> Plus, I'm doing a lot of teaching now. So it's, you know, like, I really don't know how I get everything done, to be honest with you. Well, there's also that old adage that says, if you want to get something done, put it in the hands of a busy person. Because they are more likely to get things done versus somebody who doesn't have a lot to do. You ask them to do something good mysteriously doesn't necessarily get done but somebody who's always busy always always finds a way to get stuff done i think you're one of those people well maybe you're right <laughs> you uh, were talking just a minute ago about isaac borman isaac is the son of carrie Mormon, who the audience would recognize as your concert master for the space coast symphony orchestra another role carrie has is he has been leading a service of the symphony for the last handful of years quartet movement this is an educational series to help promote a small group chamber music in high school students uh isaac has been a 
member of, a student of uh, the quartet movement and is moving up. I believe he's in his senior year now, yes. uh, expecting to go uh, to university, uh, looking potentially to be a professional musician, following his father's footsteps. He's a very excellent mu- musician. Actually, uh, if, uh, if anyone has come to our... Uh, spring season announcements that are out on the lawn at the River House. Uh, Isaac has played uh, on on a few occasions as part of a, a small quartet there. Right, and plus he'll be doing the Elgar Cello Concerto with the Space Coast Symphony um, after the turn of the year, you know, in 2019. So it's really great that he's gotten this experience to do this uh, performance with the Central Florida Winds. He's got two performances under his belt, and then he's going to be doing it with the Space Coast Symphony. So that's really exciting for him. And plus, it's one of my favorite pieces. So, you know, it's a win-win for everybody. And he's doing a really fantastic job. That's a program I think you really should look forward to. I think it's, I'm not sure the dates right now, but it'll be after the first of the year. And it's really going to be phenomenal. Yeah, and we certainly look forward to having him participate in the full symphony uh, as time goes on. But it also brings us around to another related topic, which we hinted at last time, which is beyond quartet movement, which, as I said, is small chamber groups. uh, We have recently engaged and started a new service called the Space Coast Symphony Youth Orchestra. So much like the chamber music is an educational series for small groups, this new organization is doing the same type of training and education and putting on concerts, but for full orchestras of youth players. Uh, And as it turns out on our next show, uh, our guest on the show will be Mark Nelson, who is the conductor of the Space Coast Symphony Youth Orchestra. Yes, uh, Mark Nelson, uh, he's a great guy. I mean, he's going to be, I could guarantee this is going to be a great interview. Might even be a two-parter, who knows. Yeah, uh, well, (laughs) we haven't recorded yet, but it could be it could be phenomenal. Well, there's certainly plenty of content. So, you know, even if this particular conversation doesn't turn into a two part show, uh, we'll probably want to have him come back on later because right now we've just recently uh, organized the youth orchestra. Uh, We are just now going through the initial classes. Uh, The first concerts are going to be coming up next month. We'll talk about those in more detail next time around. But uh, so what we'd like to do is have him on the show now to talk about what's the thought process behind this? Why are we doing this? What is his approach to this? And then sometime uh, many months, uh, hence maybe next year, we'll have him back on and, and let him give us a retrospective of how the first year of the the Space Coast Symphony Youth Orchestra has gone. Right. I think that's an excellent idea. Mark's the, um, he's a retired uh, director at Satellite High School and currently um, conducting the Melbourne Community Orchestra. And I can only imagine just, you know, huge things for the Space Coast Symphony Youth Orchestra. Yep, and if we've got you on the front of your seat just anticipating this next episode, uh, in the meantime, while you're waiting for it, you can actually go out just a couple of weeks ago. I believe it was the October 4th episode of the local uh, publication, The Beach Cider. Uh, the Beach Cider 
uh, I think it, I think their website is Beachside News, if I recall. I may be I may be wrong on that, but you could look it up. But if you're familiar with the Beachsider, they did a great article on the Space Coast Symphony Youth Orchestra uh, in uh, not the current publication that's out, but the prior one, which I think was published on October 4th. So go take a look at that. You'll uh, see a couple of pictures. In fact, Carrie Borman's picture was in that article, talks a little bit about it. And then next time on the show, we'll be interviewing Mark Nelson. Right. And they... <coughs> really do great articles um the beach cider they did an article about me right. a couple in of years fact, ago we, we, so. we, we had one of the reporters on that was uh you know, a couple of years ago yeah we've yeah, by the way we've been doing this longer than i even re- realized i recently looked back uh, next month it'll be four years since we started doing this podcast it's really amazing so it, if you think about it yeah Having said that, that is next time a conversation with the conductor of the Space Coast Symphony Youth Orchestra, Mark Nelson, where we will talk in more detail about if you have a child or grandchild that wants to participate, how to get them involved, uh, but then perhaps more importantly to you, what are the dates of those concerts and where can you uh, see these young students performing what they've been studying for months But uh, for now, uh, let's go ahead and talk about our next concert. Uh, In fact, the the main topic of this show, our conversation with Frank Wozar, uh, was in preparation for Jazz Jam, our next concert series coming up this weekend. That's Saturday the 20th here in Melbourne and Sunday the 21st in Vero Beach. Right. The usual venues that we typically go to. So the uh, Saturday concert's at 7 p.m. and then the uh, Sunday matinee is at 3 p.m. So that about does it. We're glad you joined us today. Uh, We're glad you had a chance to listen to our conversation with Frank Wozar. Hopefully you learned something or at a minimum, since you're still listening here at the end of the show, whoever you are, uh, you found it interesting. Uh, We hope you will read that article in Beachsider about the youth orchestra, and we hope you'll hear us on the next episode of Maestros on Air. But as always, in the meantime, we'll we'll see you at the show. This has been Maestros on Air, brought to you by the Space Coast Symphony Orchestra. Episodes are available at the iTunes Store or at maestrosonair.com. Maestros on Air is recorded at the Peak Velocity Studio in beautiful Brevard County on Central Florida's Atlantic Coast. For more information about the symphony or upcoming events, like us on Facebook. Or visit our webpage at spacecoastsymphony.org. Thanks for listening. And remember, as always, we'll see you at the show. A Peak Velocity Production.